Hi, and welcome to Patty is Still Learning, a podcast about change, growth, learning, development, and fun. Uh, hit us up on pattyisstilllearning.com or Facebook at Patty is Still Learning and let us know what you think. Thanks. Hello, and welcome to Patty is Still Learning. I'm Patty. And I'm John. And uh, this is our 16th episode. And uh, the way we have been doing it, it is about every five episodes, we uh, try to evolve and change uh, some of the formatting and, and get a little tighter and get a little more interesting, I suppose, but uh, based on uh, feedback from friends. And so this episode's no different. So we'll be doing a couple of things just a little different, but um, the random learning stays the same. Uh, so we hope that, you know, because of the fact that we still are trying to learn something new all the time, and we do, and we want to kind of shout what we learned from the rooftops, one for our own retention, but also we think you might find it interesting. Uh, and that's, learn as well. Yes, yeah, so that's why we're keeping it. So uh, actually, just yesterday, you attended a workshop with the city, right? Yes, uh, city of Orlando in Orange County, and the topic was Census 2020. And it was about uh, preparing for the census, which is going to roll out April 1st this year. Uh, it's very important that we, we respond to the census. Uh, the dates that will the households will receive the census censuses Sensei. <laughs> Sensei. <laughs> from the government are between March 12th and March 20th. And then by April 1st, you'll be able to... Uh, or starting April 1st, you'll begin to respond to the census. Uh, and you can do it one of three ways, online, mail your form back in, or by phone. You can respond to the census, but it actually begins April 1st. Well, the, the April 1st date signifies um, that's the stasis, right? So right. whoever's in your household at that moment on April 1st, that's yes. what you fill out for. The, the, yeah. yeah, they'll capture where you're living on that date, mm-hmm. whoever's living in your, your mm-hmm. household. That's right. Yes, and so some of the things that... I've learned from just, you know, podcasts and reading the news and understanding some census stuff. And then you learned yesterday was that, you know, the importance of the census goes to, you know, all the way to how our, um, our, you know, policies in our state governments are determined, um, how, uh, you know our house of represent our state house of representatives how that looks which the way it looks influences the policy mm-hmm. um so you know back in you know 2010 how people filled out the surveys um it was you know there once once that happened and then we had our election and we voted different people in those new people uh whatever state you're in or however those new people determined the new layouts of the voting precincts and the districts. And so based on that and that fun word gerrymandering, <laughs> <laughs> um, they, uh, they designed the new districts to uh, be in their interest. So regarding whatever side your state uh, voted for in your, you know, whatever the majority of your you know, house uh, is, the redistricting committee uh, goes off of what they want. And so... Um, there's a lot of contention about that. So the biggest point is go and vote, but then also we need to capture absolutely everyone. And so there was, what, volunteering opportunities? Volunteering opportunities. Um, I mean, there's a website you can log on to to see what types of... Uh, no, I think these are actually paid positions. Yeah? Now that you're saying volunteering, no, no, this is paid. 
These are paid positions, uh, I think, that range the gamut from everything from data to data analysis to physically walking door to door, knocking on the doors of people who have mm. not yet responded to the, the census. So, so you'll give me the link to put in the show notes, right? Yes. Okay, cool. And then also you said you're going to get the census people to talk at the next uh, neighbor association. Yes, meeting, right? it's very important. It, it yeah. struck me how important this would be to have them talk to our, our residents in College Park about about the census and responding to it. As I think you mentioned, mm-hmm. it has everything to do with uh, the, the count of people in our city, our, our county, our state, has mm-hmm. everything to do with uh, the number of representatives in the House of Representatives that mm-hmm. we at Florida has. So mm-hmm. we've got more voting, more, more authority, more more uh, voting power. We have to respond to the census. Yeah, and that's, that's the, definitely the first step. Yeah. So Cool. So mine, um, I have been, since I have recovered from the flu, uh, I have been trying to go full blast on um, developing out this nonprofit program uh, that I've been working on uh, for Data Wonderment and potentially a nonprofit name yet to be designed. But um, I have been practicing the Cal Newport uh, deep work techniques. And I've talked about deep work a little bit on some other uh, podcast episodes, but um, now I'm putting it into practice and my mind is blown on how um, I am just getting into a zone um, and then suddenly an hour and a half is gone. You know, so um, some of the techniques that I'm using is I um, I have an app called Brain FM, um, and you can actually um, pick music that a lot gets you into more of a deep state of focus. There's also deep states of relaxation and deep states of doing lighter work, but allowing you to get a, like lighter focus. Like there's all these different things that Brain FM can do, um, and so I've been picking the deep work option. And I'm doing the true Cal Newport thing an hour and a half. Like normally when I'm working on my main gig or I'm doing, you know, lighter things for Data Wonderment, I either do the Pomodoro technique of 25 minutes on, five minutes off, or if I'm uh, in front of my standing desk, I'll do 30 and 30 of sitting and standing. So at least I get some movement going on and stuff like that. But with the deep work technique, um, he actually says you need the hour and a half because it takes you a few minutes to get into it and get rolling. And then once you do, it it just disappears. But I also, while it disappears, I am pushing a lot of workout. You know, like I've got all the surveys developed. I've gotten um, the flow of data process written. And um, today, and you know, for the little while, I'm working on now the workshop components. And I am cranking it out. So excited. (laughs) But it's so the actual learning is uh, is putting the learning into practice and. It's kind, it's exhausting and exhilarating at the same time. Like I'm not tired. Um, like I did this yesterday in two one and a half hour stints with a half hour break in between where I ate lunch and just sat in the quiet. <laughs> um, but the idea is you're supposed to let your subconscious keep mulling on things. So when you get back to it for the next hour and a half, you can go through. And then we were able to go out to dinner last night and, and have fun with friends. So yeah. yeah, I, you know, I stayed up later than you actually. <laughs> So, not bad. But <laughs> um, so the, I'm older. You're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so now the, uh, the takeaways is fill out your census form. And if you ever need to plow through a project and actually get a project done um, and uh, actually finish it, uh, I would recommend 
uh, trying deep work. And um, I think I've written a couple blog posts on it and talked about it before, but more info coming on that too, uh, just as time goes on and I get more practice and done. Mm. Yeah. So our theme for the week is uh, simplifying through routine. Uh, we've read in different things and heard on podcasts, like if you ever listen to the Happiness Podcast or um, like the Hidden Brain uh, with Nuriel, you know, Happiness is with Gretchen Rubin, uh, you would hear that um, having routine or reducing decisions uh, increases happiness, decreases uh, cognitive dissonance, um, and anxiety. and anxiety, and just makes life easier. Uh, so John and I, we uh, follow some routines, uh, and you know, we think that maybe there might be something that you might resonate with. Um, so for me, um, I actually have a clothing routine. Uh, I hang everything up in my closet that is. Um, work clothes or you know going out clothes but when I hang them up I always try to wear everything on the right and when I wash them I put everything to the left and so it reduces choice by saying which shirt is the the one on the right or the left and then I just grab the farthest one and if I keep looking at the shirt and I'm like no not that one not that one not that one and it's like months and it's still the last one on the far right then I know it's time to like give it away <laughs> um, but then also like for luckily at AAA we're allowed to wear jeans every day so I have a little pile of pants and I just grab the jeans from the bottom <laughs> and that makes life easier I have a top I have a bottom it works out um, I also have like all the cardigans and blazers up there too so I try to grab the one from the far right and it, it helps. It, I think it makes uh, a lot easier. I haven't done like a wardrobe change thing in a long time where it's like, I commit. I just grab the one and pop her on. So, but other people do it too. Um, you know, like the, you know, some people, they have signature colors. I once knew a woman who she only wore a certain color of blue. And so she knew she looked good in it. So everything was blue. Um, you know, you get the people from Silicon Valley that do hoodies you know, you don't know the hoodie culture? I do not. No, oh yeah. So yeah, they all do hoodies. Familiar. It's their uniform. Okay. Barack Obama, he even had the same kinds of suits and the same shirts and the same ties so he could reduce I that decision. I can see why he would do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's useful, but you have routines too. Tell us about yeah. your lunch. <laughs> so my lunch consists of the same sandwich every day. It's... Uh, <laughs> sourdough bread and I slap on uh, chocolate almond butter on each slice slap it together and I have a chocolate almond butter sandwich every day <laughs> it just like you said it reduces decisions and yeah and uh, I enjoy it I enjoy the flavor it's sweet uh, even though there's not a lot of added sugar it's sweet mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it's healthy and I enjoy it yeah and, and so I also have a kind of routine that is uh, breakfast-like, and it's the muffins in a mug that I make. Um, yes. It's a recipe that I found uh, that I love. Uh, it's all cinnamon and flaxseed and flaxseed oil and uh, an egg, and uh, it does me wonders. I love it to death, so it makes my breakfast a whole lot easier, too. Um, but other people I know, um, 
they have the same lunch too. My old boss, uh, Shelly, he would do a big bag of salad and uh, some kind of cut up lunch meat or shrimp. Uh, he always, uh, he was a uh, kind of weight conscious and he would always say, you know, you're, you're not, you're not going to get fat on salad. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I actually do that too, where I have my shredded carrots and my shredded celery and my my spinach and I combine it all together in some kind of fashion and you get me uh, lunch meats of some fashion uh, every week and I, I assemble that up. It makes life pretty easy to know where your breakfasts and lunches are coming from. We get more creative with dinner, folks. We really do. Uh, we have like a, a five days <laughs> to vary up the the same thing we eat during the week, but <laughs> over five days. So, yeah. 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 It gets exciting. Yeah, it does. Yeah. We, have, night, we, have, yeah. we have good good lunches. And good dinners and good breakfasts. Um, so another thing that I do, I've mentioned this in a podcast before, but I call it um, my peace uh, routine. And that's my morning routine where I at least try to get in a little meditation or prayer for P. Or, and then E is, you know, exercise and A is um, actualization or showing gratitude by journaling uh, C is checking in, so I check all of the emails and socials for anything that I might you know, need to address quickly that I didn't hit the afternoon before. And then E is to eat food. And of course, you said you would do yours backwards, but it would be E-seep. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but it's nice to know that like, that's what I try to always accomplish uh, in the mornings. Um, and so <clears throat> it's a good, good thing to do is to have the morning routine. Um, but another thing that we do is uh, our exercise routines. Mm. And so John and I, we go to nine rounds um, at least twice a week, we if just not kickboxing. three times That's a week. Yep, it's a kickboxing thing where you go around and you punch bags. Or in John's case, you wail on bags. He's a beast, folks. He's a beast. Take out my aggressions. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a thing that women need to know is that if you're not on birth control and you follow your normal cycle... Um, exercise routines should fluctuate based on what your cycle is. So give yourself a break when it's your time of the month and when you're in the middle of the cycle, uh, go all crazy and do all the high intensity interval training that you can um, because the exercising helps with breaking down hormones and whatnot. So um, we might get into that at some other point, but if not, follow, um, check out uh, the flow living um, she does a great job at explaining um, how best to go about doing that kind of thing. So, um, but then routines. So another thing that I learned with Gretchen with the Happiness Project is that depending on what your tendency is, so whether you're an upholder, a questioner, an obliger, or a rebel, you have... A better chance or more difficulty at actually being able to bring in routines into your life, right? Like I'm an beholder, so if I'm like, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna figure out a way, I got a plan, all right, I do it. I, I'm able to do that. You're a questioner, you have to decide why. You know, why is it important that you do it? So right. like the reason why you have such a solid exercise routine is because you've decided that that's good for your heart and you right. want your heart to be great. Yes. So as a questioner, you've figured that out. Mm -hmm. Obligers, though, they have a little bit more difficulty because of the fact that they um, are they 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 look towards outside accountability more than inside. They're the ones that you know they always 
you know, say, you know, they put their family first and not themselves and they, they're, they can hold outward accountability at work and things, but things that they want to do, it kind of falls short. So with routines, with obligers, you got to, um, set yourself up for success by having accountability buddies, by, uh, kind of telling the world kind of what you're doing in order to make it accountable. My personal favorite for helping with obligers is to help them identify or like define their future self. Mm. Uh, because anything that you do in the current situation is a gift to your future self. So if you can somehow separate out and identify who your future self is and give them an actual personification, you might actually make them your accountability buddy. Um, it's worth a try. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the rebels, you have to kind of define yourself as that's what you want. So it's not the routine that you're deciding to do. It's the outcome of what the routine will give you and who you will be based on the fact that you do that routine. So lots of different things that go into routines and being a part of routines and, and getting them done. Um, but think for yourself, right? Like, you know, is there anything that you can do in the morning that brings delight you know, that can easily be replicated. Like, my muffin brings me delight. And simplifies the process. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the clothes make, make it so much easier when you've just got the ones that you really like and you just go through the, go through the rotation, as mm. I call it. Um, or, you know, you know, how can you take something that you have that you do every day and simplify it? Um, simplifying is super important. I, like, even, like, you know, we're at the beginning of 2020 and all the different... You know, podcasts that I listen to, everybody's like, oh, simplify, simplify. And heck, even, was it what, two or three years ago, we were at Leah's birthday party and the, the palm reader uh, told us both independently that we, we needed to simplify. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think she, <laughs> she I, gave out the same she, answer to well, everybody. To, I think she had this three different answers and gave it out to different people. But we both got the same one of simplify. Simplify. You need to simplify. Yes. yes. But... Um, an easy way to simplify is to develop some kind of routines um, that allow you to enjoy um, the other times when you don't have the routine. Mm -hmm. You know, like so when we do dinners, we do get a little more creative. We grab this, grab that, decide the morning of. Um, but to do that for three meals a day, that would be exhausting. Yes. You know? Um, and so, you know, we still keep it simple with dinner, but we know we have options in the freezer and we have options um, to mix and match and stuff. And so mm -hmm. that's what makes life then interesting, right? That's right. All right. Another segment that we are going to be keeping um, is our micro stories. Uh, we have a ton of them and we're trying to tell them better as we go and get better at telling like it more succinctly and maybe not rambling like I tend to do sometimes or you tend to do sometimes but okay so we had another one it's all on you babe oh yeah mm -hmm. so um the next story that we want to tell is our adventures in Glacier National Park where we uh snowshoed for a half day kind of thing yeah um and so it was really cool so we'll start out by um, <laughs> uh, your boot and how thank goodness the uh, company we were renting from uh, so you uh, you had these hiking boots for how long? Oh I've owned them since 
just before I left Massachusetts. So mm-hmm. like 2000, let's say 2011. Okay, so you bought these boots. They're Timberlands, right? Yeah. And um, they're really hardcore. Like you wore them in Salt Lake City when mm-hmm. we snowshoed and you didn't have the Gore-Tex over yeah. things or anything and they kept your feet dry and they were amazing. Yeah. So you decided to bring them back. What happened? <laughs> Walking through downtown Columbia Falls and... and well, no, you weren't wearing those in downtown Columbia Falls. You were wearing your street shoes. I was, actually. I, well, we were actually walking... Where were we walking? We were walking but oh, we were in, in just the village. The, yeah, just to, just to the country, the, yes. the, the clubhouse. We were and just I, walking to the clubhouse. And I goodness. lost my, the sole of my, my, my right boot. It just fell off. Just fell off. <laughs> like a compl- the entire sole fell off the, yeah, the, the bottom like the of the shoe. Yeah, it's like the glue just disappeared. Gave out, yeah. So... Yeah. That was fun because it fell on the way to the clubhouse. It fell apart. And so on the way back from the clubhouse, um, we had asked for rubber bands. <laughs> so we had rubber banded it, and that was a weird attempt, but it kind of worked. And so we found more uh, thicker rubber bands, and we were like, well, let's just wing that for snowshoeing, shall we? <laughs> so I knew I'd be in a, in a boot anyhow, or yeah, bi- a binding. A binding, a binding. anyhow. But, um, yeah, the guide who, when he came and picked us up, um, I asked, because I didn't have right the right shoes that I, I was worried they would just get kind of wet, because um, I forgot to bring my actual Gore-Tex hikers, um, but they're low top, and so they would have gotten snow in them anyway. Anyway, now right. I'm rambling. Um, so I, I was wearing a di- like feltish outside boots, but he didn't have... Um, the Gore-Tex things, but he said back at his place, uh, at his business, he had um, just boots that we could use. And so we went there for me, and then we happened to say, oh, by the way, well, no, check this you, out. <laughs> I think getting into his van, you said, do you, you by any chance have boots because my, my, my sole had fallen off? No, I had asked for the Gore-Tex covers. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's more funny to show to say that at okay. that Okay, uh, so you got there and we show that your your boots flapping around and rid- and first he was gonna give you a stronger rubber band and he was like wait why don't you just put on boots too, and that's how it went, promise. Okay, we'll go with your story. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That's how it went, and uh, and then so we were off. But to get from Columbia Falls to uh, the Glacier National Park. It's about a 45-minute drive. But as we were going, it was raining all the way. And so what the guide said was that if we just kept heading um, a little bit east, we would keep getting higher, and eventually we would um, outrun the rain, and it would just turn into snow. And we were like, okay, yeah, we really don't want to hike in wet, slushy <laughs> rainness. So we um, finally settled on someplace farther up north, and... Um, yeah, it didn't. It wasn't snowing at all, but it had about I would say two feet of snow. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah, powder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was gorgeous. But we, uh, you park um, just by the railroad tracks, and then you have to cross the railroad tracks and hope that you don't get stuck on the railroad tracks. Right. <laughs> and uh, and then we started into the woods. Um, and there's so you know paths like he takes people on a you know a standard path and stuff. But we got to see uh, moose tracks and wolf tracks and. Uh, we actually saw trees where moose would rub their bodies on them because they were itchy. Mm. And so there'd be moose hair everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of weird and 
a little gross. Uh, so we, yeah, we didn't actually see any critters, but we got to see a lot of their prints and a lot of their presence. Um, and that was really cool. But we hiked for about, what, I would say an hour and a half mm-hmm. into the into the forest and um, came across this, across this open kind of grove meadow thing. But um, walking out into the middle of the field, looking up, we could see, um, what was the summit mountain called? I think the summit. <laughs> think oh, oh, yeah. It was called Sum- Summit. I think it was called the, the Summit. Like the Summit. The, yeah. Um, summit Mountain or, or... Something like that. Yeah. This is the problem where we get too far away and we miss some of the details, unfortunately. But uh, it was gorgeous to see, but you could see the snow. Like r- the wind was so great up there that it was like ripping off the, the, the snow from the mountain and our guide said, well, with the way the wind was going, that that snow was actually going farther south, and that's what was turning into the rain. <laughs> so we had missed the rain because the way the wind was gushing and, and going through, um, but that's how the rain was uh, forming. And so that was so interesting mm. to me. Um, but we uh, sat there um, and had our lunch looking at the summit, and the way we got to sit uh, was he actually created a bench for us. So um, tell him how he did it. <laughs> he, he had packed a shovel in his backpack and shoveled out this, this bench in the, in the snow for us to sit. Well, he made a giant hole that had um, a walk down into, yeah. and then it, like, came, it shot straight up. So he packed it so that it was like a bench. So we just took our snowshoes and we backed in like beep, 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 like to the seat and plop. But he also get, had a little he, pad. He put a pad down yeah. <laughs> so we were, snow wouldn't melt in our, in our pants. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just stood there and ate uh, stuff. Yeah. He gave us some mint tea and we had our lunch and, and that was really cool. And then we walked an, an hour and a half-ish back. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, that was, it was just so breathtaking uh, to be out there and not come across anyone um, and smelled so clean and fresh, right? Yeah. Pure. Yeah, very yeah, pure. Yeah. Um, and so we'd love to do it again. We finally went back and looked at a map of Glacier National Park because we were like, wow, we drove all around and we hiked so far. What did we see? And it was like, we saw one five hundredth of Glacier National <laughs> yeah, Park. Right. Um, and we didn't even yeah. see glaciers, really. We saw just a big summit mountain, mountain called mm-hmm. Summit whatever, you know. And so while we had the most amazing experience, did we see Glacier National no. Park? No, no. It is massive. Yes. Like, just massive um, and incredible. Uh, so, you know, maybe someday we'll fly in there for a specific trip. They have hotels that are close by to the park that you can go and, you know, and stay and we go in summertime though, not yes. not, not wintertime. Yes, so we can drive the uh, sun. Is it called the Sun Road or the Sungate Road or I don't know some kind of special road that we used to remember when I had the map and then I threw it away once I showed Dad. Uh, but there's a special road that only is drivable, maybe in July and August after the snow melts. Um, mm-hmm. But it's supposed to be a spectacular drive, and it at least cuts through Glacier National Park, so. Um, we recommend snowshoeing. We've now done it twice this past year. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it more than skiing um, because I am not a, I'm a decent skier, but I'm not a great follower and get back upper. And um, 
the steepness freaks me out. However, the steepness with snowshoeing is really fun um, because I feel like you have more control and I can get back up <laughs> in <laughs> snowshoes. So if you're a Floridian like me and you get to come across some snowshoe activity, definitely jump on it. Super fun. Um, so even in uh, Salt Lake City, uh, Jennifer, who had only really seen like two inches of snow before, you know, falling, but then it melted immediately. She had a blast and she was able to uh, enjoy her snowshoeing experience. And folks, we are keeping uh, my new favorite segment, uh, which is called uh, Kudos. Kudos. Yes. Uh, one of my resolutions in life, not just a 2020 resolution, but it's to just throw more, throw, is to show more gratitude uh, to others who make my life always a little bit better um, and sometimes greatly better. So for me this week, I would like to thank Dr. Jack. Uh, he is a big part of uh, Data Wonderment and all that we do. Uh, there are things I would not be able to do without him. He is doing a lot of account management for one of our clients, and he does a lot of some down and dirty stuff for analysis for another client, and I truly appreciate what he does. And I am thankful to Nine Rounds, again, the kickboxing gym that we go to uh, now three times a week. I'm thankful that uh, we're able to get back in there and uh, and work out. I, I enjoy uh, releasing that energy uh, at six o'clock in the morning, in the morning, <laughs> <laughs> pent up from sleeping all night. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, I, I enjoy it. it. It's a great workout. I, I enjoy the the physical uh, exercise through nine stations, mm -hmm. and uh, so I'm thankful that we're back in the gym. I'm back at the gym. Back. I took a some time off to get adjusted to my work schedule. Now that I'm working from home. Mm -hmm. I'm able to go a couple times a week and work on and go on Saturday. So I'm yeah. thankful to nine rounds. Yeah, I'm thankful for them too. I really enjoy uh I really enjoy putting on the gloves. I and, like the experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a good time. Well, that's the end of our episode sixteen. Sixteen. Yep. Yes, sixteen. Whoa. So um you might have noticed some modifications, uh, like we said at the beginning of the podcast. About every six episodes or so, we uh, modify, evolve, change, grow, switch cut things out, out cut, cut out, out, add in, all that kind of good yeah. stuff. So, would always still love your feedback, and uh, we hope you have a great rest of your week. Bye, guys. Bye.